to It's Okay to Be Gay, the podcast. Hey, welcome back to the It's Okay to Be Gay podcast. I'm your host, David, and joining me today is one of our co-hosts, a good friend of mine. This is Miss Erin. Erin, say hello to everybody. Hello. I'm really, really excited to be here. Thank you, David. This is um, something I'm really passionate about. Good, and I'm really glad that you're here also, Erin, and I really appreciate your ongoing help as we go through this uh, podcast and this journey together and hear all of these amazing different stories from all of these different friends of ours and other people who are going to be on our podcast in the near future. I'm very glad to have all of these people and all these stories and to have you be a part of that. So thank you again for agreeing to help out with this. And I was hoping that you could just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up and what your background is. And just like Veronica, our other host, Erin is not a member of the LGBTQ community, but she is a huge ally and a huge supporter. So Erin, tell us just a little bit about yourself and your backstory. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so like you said, my name is Erin and um, I use she, her pronouns and I'm cishet, white, straight, all of the boring things, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I am from the Midwest. I grew up all around the Midwest. I am so Midwest. In fact, my, uh, my dad's great ambition in life was to spit in all five of the Great Lakes and I was there when he accomplished that goal. <laughs> Great, great, great fun times. Um, <laughs> um, so I grew up in the Midwest, located across the country um, in the middle of high school, and then finished high school, probably stuck around uh, in uh, South Everson. Um, so I drove to me. Um, if we want to dive more into other things, we can. That sounds perfect. Uh, thank you, Erin, a lot. I really appreciate you telling us just a little bit about yourself. Um, and I think it might be fun also for people to hear a little bit about our story and how we met and uh, where we fit into each other's lives. And I was hoping that you could uh, be the one to share that background because I'm sure that you remember it a little better than I do. So if you could let everybody know, how do we know each other? Yeah. Um, so I graduated college with a degree that ended up being very helpful in my career, but at the time was not. <laughs> um, and so I got a job at a big box retailer um, and uh, I decided it was a career ambition of mine. So I decided to join the management track. I got transferred to a new store. Um, and on my second day of work, and I very clearly remember this moment, um, because I remember my, my boss drawing like fireworks on a daily board where like all the important things were listed. I very clearly remember my boss drawing like fireworks on this board. Um, and then we walk out on the floor and I see this kid <laughs> and he's wearing an oversized polo. Um, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was, it was David. Uh, and so my boss said, this is David. He is home from college. Um, and so we got along really well, I think there. And then, um, I guess four years after that, I had moved on from the retail world and needed a part-time gig. 
So I was working this part-time gig and I show up to our district office and who was in the office? But David. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Good to see you again. Um, and then a year after that, I was volunteering at my church, um, which I kind of knew David was, was a member of too, just didn't really like, wasn't something that we had bonded on at that point in time. Um, and I was volunteering at my church and again, who walks in, but David. Um, so after three times of our lives intersecting, we decided this should like, we should be like real friends and not just like work friends. Um, so we started becoming friends then. And I think I am pretty sure David is my only friend that I know our exact date that we met. I don't think I know that for any of my other friends. I could think about it, but I don't know yeah. off the top of my head. That's so true. Yeah, we have discussed this uh, in depth, and Aaron and I know the exact date that we met and how many years we've been friends and how long this has all been going on. Uh, so Aaron is one of my like most trusted advisors, I guess, in my life. Every time that there's been a hurdle in my relationship or a hurdle in a career choice or, or whatever, Aaron has been one of those people that I've gone to and confided in and talked to and consulted for life advice or just any, any sort of direction that I needed. Aaron's been an incredible sounding board for me. And in fact, when I first started dating uh, my first boyfriend, um, Aaron was one of the first people that knew about that. And in fact, was I think one of my first friends that I introduced my husband to when we started dating. And Aaron and my husband Jake's first uh, interaction and meeting was unforgettable and <laughs> hilarious altogether. So that is a memory that will stick with us forever. And I'm sure, uh, Aaron, if you, <laughs> I'll let you talk about that if you don't want to, but you don't have to. But yeah, Aaron's just been a incredible friend. Yeah. No, I'm fine with it. I'm absolutely fine sharing that because it is like just a joy. It's a joy in my life. Um, yeah. So David says, hey, I want you to come out to a wine walk. Um, and there's this new guy and I like him. So I was like, okay, sure. I was excited um, for David and to continue on this journey of discovering who he was. Um, and so I come out and to the, the, the scene and it's a wine walk and that particular wine walk maybe overserves just a little bit. Um, and at the time I was working just, just a little, just a touch. So at the time I was working um, at a, a museum. That's what I do. I'm in the museum field. And at the time I was running summer camps. Um, so it was a hot summer day and all I'd eaten that day was a box of runts. Um, so with a box of runts, I go to a wine walk and I, like, I'm meeting um, David's husband and it's going great and it seems like it's fine. And we complete the wine walk. And I was like, okay, whew, that was a challenge. Like, huh, okay, I'm done. Woohoo. And so we decided to have one more drink, and I think I think I started it. I don't know. Um, and I was chatting it up with David's husband. We were in like just chatting, and I was like, "Man, I need a trash can now." <laughs> um, it's a good thing about me. I am a I'm a prepared um, overserved drinker. Um, and so David's husband was like, "Okay, I got it," and like jumped behind the bar and found a trash can, and I I used it a lot. And so sweet. 
sweet hubby was holding my hair back for a girl that he had met maybe two hours before. Um, and he calls over. He's like, David, your friend. And David's like, she'll be fine. It's okay. So, this happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I I, I I vaguely remember that, but I don't really remember the rest of the night. Was it? Yeah. So cue yeah. us taking Aaron home and throwing her in our guest room to like sleep off the the the, the night of debauchery and fun. Um, so yeah, that was Aaron's and my first interaction with her and my current husband now, and uh, the relationship between them is amazing. Uh, Aaron's been a great friend for a lot of people that I know and myself, especially, but I do love that story of how you and Jake met for the first time. That's yeah, probably so the, uh, the running joke is that whenever I meet somebody, Jake has carte blanche to just go all the way because I did when, when I met somebody. So yes, only he runs, Jake. Only he runs that day. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. So, Aaron... I know that you've been a tremendous friend to me and, and a safe place for me in my coming out story and my adventure uh, as, as accepting myself as a gay man. And I wanted you to share just with some other people uh, who might be listening where you have found yourself supporting the LGBTQ community in your life, in your career, in your uh, you know work interactions and all sorts of different facets and functions. So we can relate to you and your, uh, you know, support in our community a little bit better. So tell us a little bit about that aspect of your life. Yeah. So I went to university um, at a really, really conservative school um, uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. So there it is. That's how old I am. Um, but I went there and it maybe wasn't the most welcoming place to people who were not cishet white straight. And so even, I mean, even women, like my parents' generation, women couldn't attend that university. So um, like I was a, a rebel by being there. Um, <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, so they, uh, they, they realized as as the millennium changed that they needed a change to and they created this program called vision 2020 um looking 20 years ahead doing some strategic thinking and they realized that they needed to be more inclusive um and so a lot of things spun out of that and i really i think they've made a lot of really good strides i think the campus now does not as far as student body wise um does not resemble the student body that i went to school with which is fantastic honestly um, so one of the programs that yeah. spun out of Vision 2020 was the being an ally. They they that was the first time I'd heard that term. Um, so like props to them for being in touch with the community enough to understand that language and that word um, and the power that that word held. Um, and so throughout campus, all of a sudden stickers started showing up on professors' doors and on dorm rooms saying, "I am an ally." Um, and so I was like, wait, what does that mean? And I learned, I was like, wow, that's really fantastic. And I just, I don't think I was aware of the, the struggle and the, the difficultness of, you know, 
Um, I'm sure there's data out there on when folks in the community tend to, to come out. And I'm sure a lot of it happens in college. Um, and so I'm sure there's a lot of, you need that ear to listen to. Um, and so it was really nice to see that change happening when I was at that school. And several of my friends now from college have since come out. Um, so it was, it was nice to see that. Um, so then in my, like where I am now in my life, um, I am surrounded by folks in the, in the LGBTQ community. It's, it's really fantastic. Um, I, I love it. It's, it's great. And I, I mean, what does I care? What? I mean, we've all, we've all heard it before, but like, I don't care who you go home and sleep next to. Doesn't matter. Does not matter to me. And so I think that's part of why I am an ally. I don't know. Um, but I consider myself an ally. And the more I understand my privilege um, in being so set white, right? Um, and so the more I, that I try to amplify voices from those in the community and elsewhere, and um, hopefully it'll be make it easier. So that's the point of this podcast too. That's exactly right. And I think that this stems back a little bit into what your, your, where you wound up in your career field as well working in the museum sector and that's always kind of like a minority sector where it doesn't get a lot of attention and not a lot of people appreciate museums and everything else but you have this tremendous desire for that preservation and for that um you know to to enlighten people about history and to show them all these different things that have gone on and in that preservation um but it's that aspect of, in our I think in our general society that doesn't get a lot of attention, a lot of focus, and it's kind of like the underdog. And you have really devoted yourself to promoting every museum that you've worked at and what they go to speak for and what they're all about and to build that up. And I think that that like stems from your personal life. And I think it complements nicely, like how you have treated other people in, in the past, uh, always rooting for the underdog, always supporting the, you know, the minorities. And it's kind of always focused on like those smaller things that don't get a lot of attention. And I think that the LGBTQ community for a very long time has been that underdog, that minority, the thing that hasn't gotten a lot of attention, a lot of focus. And your support of your gay friends and people who you've known in that community and your support for, you know, the different museums that you've worked for and the focuses that they have, I think that that, like, is a nice overlap and it really speaks to your character and the quality of person that you that you are. So um, yep. all those things together is, you know, I think show themselves very nicely. But yeah, Aaron is definitely somebody that, like I mentioned before, I have regularly confided in, and I'm sure a lot of people who work in the museum uh, space are kind of those oddballs and those, you know, people that didn't quite fit in in different arenas and, you know, uh, people who have had to go and like find a, you know, place for themselves and embrace the fact that they don't always fall into like this perfect little box of being a heterosexual male or female who's going to get married and have a family. And uh, that, that is a space for those people to be safe in. And I know, Aaron, you, you and I have talked quite extensively about the uh, different people who you work with in the museum sector, and a lot of them fall into the LGBTQ bubble. And so that like, a lot of your colleagues and a lot of your coworkers are, you know, partners of mine in this community and uh, friends and 
you know, allies for you as well. So. Yep. I mean, history. So I used to be science museum. Now I'm like a little bit of science and mostly history, but I love it Mm -hmm. because with the change in telling history, it's not negating stories. It's telling all stories. Um, There's a really great professor and he says it's about the shouts and silences in history, right? There are shouts and silences. And I think um, oftentimes it's, it's, it's collectively everybody's job to tell those silences more often. Um, so it's really been passion of mine. And like you were saying, David, like it's not surprising that during the pandemic um, in those crazy days when everybody didn't know which end was up and there was just a lot of, a lot of feelings happening. Um, a lot of my museum friends, we got together and we formed a media club and it was such a joy because it allowed everybody just to learn more about folks who are not like them. Um, and we kind of, we, we jumped into all of, all of the communities, but it was really wonderful. And like, oh, I still think about the life and death of Marsha P. Johnson. Like, that's like a must watch. It's a must watch. And I love it. And I wouldn't have seen that if not for my friends in the museum world. There you go. And there was something you said before when I was talking to you about being on the podcast, which I think you kind of just talked a little bit about, but the purpose of our podcast is to allow people who are part of the LGBTQ community and their allies to tell their stories of their acceptance of who they are, to talk about you know their embracing who they were to the point where they felt comfortable coming out to their friends and family, and to discuss their struggles of coming into their now life and embracing who they are and living now as hopefully a happy and healthy and fulfilled LGBTQ person. And you mentioned at some point in time, and I want you to try to remember that and unpack it a little bit, but about why it's so important for people to tell their stories and why it's so important for other people to hear those stories, because historically speaking, when we don't share stories from the past and we don't hear these things, there's something pretty incredible that, that happens and it's, it's sad. So what, what is it about stories that are so important for you that you mentioned? Yeah, so going back to the that shouts and silences in history, we all know that there have been silences. Um, and I think the first step to proactively make sure that, that stories, especially um, stories in the community aren't being silenced is to tell your own story. Um, That's what, I mean, and we are not at all history shaming the folks that have come before us and saying that they didn't tell their story. Um, But the more stories that are out there and are being told um, from the perspective of somebody in the LGBTQ community, it makes it easier for everybody else, right? Um, Eventually the goal is that that silence is not silenced. I mean, wouldn't it be lovely if that silence became a shout? Um, but the goal is to unsilence the yeah. silence. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I don't want there to be any misconstrued understanding of what we want to come out of people who listen to our podcast. I'm not trying to force people to, to, to come out or to you know make huge leaps and bounds into accepting that they're one way or the other in terms of their sexuality. I just want to let people know that there are other people who have gone through the same exact things that any one of you out there listening right now, 
what you're going through, someone else has gone through that and come out on the other side and come out okay. And so that's our hope is that we can share those stories, that you can hear these things, you can be motivated to accept who you are and to live your life happily and not worry about, you know, the fact that all these other people that you may or may not know aren't going to appreciate you and aren't going to recognize you and aren't going to love you anymore. Because it, it, at the end of the day, you need to be comfortable with who you are and embrace that in your own way. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because the, the more stories that are out there, the more comfortable with coming to terms with who somebody is will be they'll be able to because it won't be like oh my gosh i'm doing this thing and i don't know anybody else if there's if we've done our job well this podcast won't need to exist anymore exactly so eventually hopefully we'll get to that point uh maybe it'll be sooner than later i don't have any (laughs) bold ambitions doing this for 10 years, but heaven forbid we won't need to be doing it in 10 years or for 10 years. Anyway, but Aaron, I just wanted to thank you again for agreeing to be part of this adventure with me. Uh, I, my other co-host, Veronica, and Aaron and I are going to be bringing a lot of wonderful stories to light through this podcast, and I'm very glad to have some wonderful people to work on this with. And Aaron, you have been a blessing in my life. Hopefully other people can find that similar thing as we move forward. And when um, people are going to be on our podcast and Veronica and I can't work together on this, hopefully Aaron and I will be able to take that ship. So the three of us are going to be kind of guiding this podcast through the uncharted waters as we work uh, to bring all of you these incredible stories and tell these journeys that these people have been through. So Again, Aaron, thanks for being uh, with me today and sharing a little bit about yourself with our community of listeners. So uh, what are your plans for the rest of the day? I know that you just moved too, so that's very exciting. And we talked about that in one of our previous episodes. So how's the new house? Tell us. It's good. It's good. It's really exciting. I mean, I feel like part of being a homeowner is like I have a list of like everything I want to fix eventually, like everything from like, I want to put in a new shower head to like, I think I might need to fix the foundation. Like it's just a wide, <laughs> wide and varied list. And all of these problems are mine now. Um, The other night I was asleep in bed and I needed to go to the bathroom. So I did. And I came back and I heard the toilet running. I'm laying there at like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, that's my toilet. That is my toilet now. I have to get up and fix my toilet. Like I can't, my toilet, my water bill, it's all me. So it's half an hour of getting up yes. and like thinking I fixed it and not. But no, I'm excited. I'm really excited. My uh, my 17 year old cat is also really excited. Um, he spent a week living in a dresser, but now he's he's over it. So might be getting a dog, which is extra exciting. Yeah. I saw pictures. I hope that that becomes a reality for you because dogs are the best. I know, but Mr. 17-year-old cat, I don't know. I don't know if he's ready for it. He's never had a dog sibling before. He's had a very mean cat sibling in the past, but. Well, yeah, he was survivor. He's a survivor, uh, hashtag survivor (laughs) of an abusive sibling. So I'm sure (laughs) that any other animal that you bring into your house, uh, Shadow will have no problem uh, handling that just as well. So I'm I'm not worried so much about him. I'm worried more about the dog. <laughs> Are you adding to your zoo anytime soon? 
Uh, well, funny story. Yes, we are adding to our zoo, but not what you think. So more on that later. Um, well, actually, I will. We weren't expecting this, but I have a very fun uh, update on our zoo right now, and it is actually. I might be able to show this picture. Um, so if you can't see this because you're listening, that's okay. What I'm showing is a mother duck and her 10 ducklings. Um, I'm not exactly sure when they hatched, but it had to have been within the last several days. We noticed that there was movement in the nest yesterday, but they're already in the water, which means they're a couple days old. So we have a mother duck and 10 ducklings. So we have temporarily added to our, our nest. We, my husband and I have a dog and two cats, and now we have 11 birds who live in the backyard and my pool. So good times, good times. <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's been an adventure. Always is. So awesome. All right, Aaron, thank you so much. Everybody who's out there listening, I appreciate you joining us today. I'm excited that you got to hear a little bit about Aaron and her story. We look forward to many more wonderful things uh, coming our way. And if you are just tuning into the early episodes of the It's Okay to Be Gay podcast, as of now, we are shooting to drop new episodes on Wednesdays, so be sure to check us out on Spotify, Google Music. Uh, we're on Amazon and Audible, as well as Apple Music, and listen to our podcast on any platform you'd like. We should be there somewhere. You might have to look for us. Also, check us out online at itsokaytobegaypodcast.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram as well. So hope to see you guys around. Thanks for joining us. Please know that you are recognized, appreciated, and loved here, and all are welcome. So get us up in the chats. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. And Erin, have a great rest of the day. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. See you next time. <laughs>